Welcome to Letterbox Book Club. My name is Claire. And I'm Mackenzie. And today we will be discussing Sarah J. Mass's House of Earth and Blood, also known as Crescent City One. <laughs> it's a doozy. It is a doozy. The beginning of her next series. It's a big boy. Very excited to get into it. Just a little disclaimer, this is a second re-record because, of course, a technical difficulty fucked us over. It was primarily my fault, I would say. But No, it was my fault. <laughs> it was both our faults, initially. I was yeah. the reason why your microphone got fucked up. and then oh, this is true. And then your phone <laughs> just decided to die, or I don't know what you had to do with it. but I had to reset my phone for other reasons. And you lost um, it. And I lost everything because I'm an idiot. Oh, well. The lessons we learn along the way. Yes. It's about right. the destination, it's about the journey. Exactly. Alrighty, Kenzie, when you're ready, I'll get you to smash out the blurb, please. Okay, here we go. Bound by blood, tempted by desire, unleashed by destiny. Bryce Quinlan used to light up Crescent City, partying all night in the clubs where the strict classes of angel, shifter, human and fae merge into a sea of beautiful bodies. And then a demon murdered her closest friends. Two years later, when the supposed killer is behind bars but the crimes start up again, the city's leaders command Bryce to investigate. They assign an enslaved fallen angel, Hunter Athalar, to make sure she does. But as Bryce fights to uncover the truth and resist her attraction to the brooding angel who shadows her every step, she finds herself following a trail that leads deep into her own dark past. We love that. We stand. We stand. Thoughts, feelings, emotions, Kenzie. Without obviously getting too much into it for the moment. I know it's always hard. It's always hard. That's okay. No, no, but I've got, I've got good notes. I still have my good notes. So my thoughts, feelings, and emotions on this book are a little bit of a ramble, but I feel like this is a wonderful, superb introduction to fantasy as a genre if someone is trying to get into fantasy and they're unsure where to go because I feel like a lot of people think of like Harry Potter or like the mortal instruments or things like that when they think about um, fantasy or like they think like Akatar which is like very like fey heavy and stuff. So I think this is a wonderful introduction because it is fantasy set in a modern world. So there's angels and fey and shifters and blah 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 but there's also cell phones and internet and clubs and alcohol. You would call it urban fantasy I would say. Yes urban fantasy. But yeah no it's very cool. Yeah and there's yeah, university and stuff. So I think anyone wanting to try and get into the fantasy world should probably think about giving this guy a chance. She is a big book. She, he, they, them. Yeah. So while I say give it a chance, it is also 804 pages. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't let the thickness fool you. (laughs) Yeah, of small font. I also think, though, that we, you and I, read books very fast. Mm -hmm. So... Like a normal person, take your time, take it all in. Yep. Let it let it really enchant you. Let it simmer. Me, smash it out, devour it, gobble gobble. <laughs> Good soup. Good soup. But yeah, and then I'll go into the other stuff when we get into it because it's hard to talk about it objectively right now. Very good. Um, my thoughts, feelings, emotions. Yeah, I really liked it. I was kind of like smiling a lot through it because at the end of the day, you strip back all the fantasy. And it really is just like a buddy cop murder mystery book. And that's yeah, for sure. Like, yes, take back all the layers and that's what it is. I really enjoyed it. Um, I like, I found that I like books where like I'm following a trail, mm. a past person or like, and I don't know, it's just, I don't really have to think too much about it and I don't want to, tr- don't have to try and figure everything out on my own. 
because like it, it'll eventually all reveal itself. But yeah, I really liked it. I agree with you with the whole buddy um, the introduction to like fantasy or at least urban fantasy. Very good. I enjoyed it. Although the first, everyone says the first five to six, uh, f- yeah, five chapters are a bit of a slog. Yes. So a bit of a lore dump. So if you push persevere, I guarantee you, you will just like n- never put the book down. Yeah. I will say that, yes, I struggled a little bit in those first few chapters because I was like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, I swore. Oopsies. Um, <laughs> You're acting like, as if we haven't sworn on this podcast. <laughs> I know. But so, I was like, what is going on? Blah, blah, blah. Um, I really enjoyed as well, um, because I'm a bit of a theatre kid. <laughs> no, I really like the sort of like everyman trope. Whereas I feel in a lot of other like fantasy books that we've read james please don't do that all that i've read um you know the main character girl is always like she's different from the other girls like she's not like the other girls or um she's starving and poor and meets someone rich whereas bryce is just you know living her life she's fresh out of university she's described as a curvy girl she's not starving she's not skinny and she owns herself like i really enjoy her i love her yeah she she really is the definition of a boss ass bitch we stand. she's unapologetically herself she takes no bullshit though she is she does make mistakes and everything which is great because not everyone's perfect but yeah she is just an absolute boss and she doesn't try to please everybody either yeah from what i can remember but yeah Alrighty, I suppose that's thoughts, feelings, emotions sealed. So just before we get sucked into the plot and anything we in particular we want to talk about, just going to do a, a quick fire of all the characters that we may mention in this podcast, just so we don't have to introduce them every single time. Yeah, we're just going to say their names because, um, yeah, we're going to mention them. So it's not going to go much into it, just their names. So you're like, oh, I've heard that name before. Um, I'm just going to double check with you that this list is in the right order. Uh, it doesn't have to be in the order. I'm oh, okay. Just, I'm just going to quick fire. Alrighty. So we have Bryce. We have Hunt. We have Fury. We have Jezebel. We have Tharion. We have the Autumn King. We have Sabine. We have Danica, more importantly. We have Hypaxia. We have Philip Briggs gets a mention. We have the Viper Queen. The River Queen also gets a mention, I believe. Isaiah, Sandriel, Micah. Um, from what I gathered, I think that might be it, but there might be someone I've missed. Declan, Tristan. Yep, the pack of wolves. But Oh, that's right. Yeah, I I suck at this. All right. And most importantly... Shout out to Library of Jess on TikTok. Oh, hang on. I don't even know if that's their sound. No, original sound. W-H-W-M-E-M-M-12. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Quick shout out. But yeah, Rune... Rune Denim. Rune Denim. Love Daddy. it. Daddy. Daddy. Rune. Daddy Denim. So, yeah. All right. And Kenzie is going to lead the way because she's much more concise than me. So, take it away, Kenzie. <gasps> no. Sorry, my notes in here. Yeah. I think are from Sky and Breath, not Earth and Blood. <laughs> oh, no. No. Apparently. What the fuck? Hang on. <laughs> All right, we're off to a great start. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> uh, so pretty much the story centers around the death of Bryce's friend, Danica, and the whole book pretty much follows her trail of her secret life that she has never told Bryce, which reminds me, I kind of love okay, the whole... Let's go over. It's the death of Danica and her pack. 
Yeah, but I'll just quickly. um, I like the whole, you know, there are two best friend characters. One either like dies or goes missing. And the other one's like, I know every single thing about them. And as you progress through the story, you do in fact not know everything about them. And there's so many secrets and lies and it's insane. So I love that. It's just, it's just um, Bryce just Pikachu shocked emoji the entire time. Yeah, (laughs) I think though, and I will touch on this in, um, Sky and Breath as well, though, that there's a line between I kept these secrets to keep you safe and mm. I kept these secrets and you knew nothing about me. Yeah. Like, and I really struggled with that. And also, like, I found it a bit of a cheap plot device. Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> um, to be like, oh, it was a secret. <coughs> oh, she didn't tell you. Oh, yep. Yeah, I understand what you, what you mean. Yeah, it's really hard because then you feel like that's all the character is in there for, like just yeah. to, to keep and finding out. And also because I um yeah, so all over TikTok I saw well yeah heard heard the light it up bitch light it up Danica like all those audios and I was like oh wow Danica's going to be a really big part of this book and as we know I don't read blurbs so I didn't know from the get go that she gets murdered. <laughs> well, it doesn't explicitly say at the blurb Danica died, but. Best friends, like, yeah, you put and two and two together. And then a demon murdered her closest friends. Yeah, yeah, but, like... Yeah. You learn... Yeah, you read the first chapter, and then you realise that, oh, yeah, Danica's the friend. Anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> I thought that there would be a little bit more Danica. Or I thought, because there's, like, the time jump and stuff, what I was like, oh, maybe, like, the big plot twist is that she isn't actually dead. She's been alive this whole time, just hiding. Mm. Yeah. Boy, were you wrong. Also, yeah, the first few chapters are set two years before this whole thing. Thing has arisen so yeah quickly gloss over that uh like a um a human like a terrorist i guess philip briggs is being released from prison and danica and her pack were the folks who put him behind bars and so when it came about that the demon had killed danica and her pack it is all presumed to be philip briggs while simultaneously um a fey artifact called luna's horn was taken from uh temple and so you learn about that early on as well and then for a while it seemed to have been forgotten about until it's like it was time to put two and two together oh luna's horn and this could all be connected but yeah and so now the story is set two years after those events and bryce is (laughs) still grieving and like fucked up about it and poor baby because we'll just quickly go over like the first part so yeah she's out partying and she takes a drug called synth um, well, that we later find out is called synth, but she takes a new drug. Let's just um, correlate it to cocaine or something like that. So she takes mm-hmm. a lot of coke, is very um, messed up on it. Um, I think she like ignores some phone calls from her friends or something because she's yeah. with other friends. Anyway, and so she comes back home and she finds that her friends are murdered and then the demon is still there and she chases after it. She gets injured. She also saves someone else that we later find out plot twisty. And so then, yeah, it's two years later and she still is injured on her leg because she refused to go and see a med witch, which is like a magical healer, um, because she wants the reminder that she, because of her, apparently in her mind, because of her, her friends are dead. Yeah, which is very sad and miserable. Like, again, Sarah Jemez, she's very good at writing characters in such despair and misery and it's just heartbreaking and it's just, you just want them all to be happy, but of course. Yeah. So what triggers all these events is that Bryce is a suspect for a murder of like a vampire um, called 
Tertius Maximus, and because she was the last person to see him alive, and he was killed within the same manner of Danica and that pack, so she is suspect number one. And this is where we kind of meet Hunt and Isaiah and the 33rd Legion, and they're in control of the investigation, also led by an archangel named Micah. Uh-huh. And they are angels themselves. Yeah. The hierarchy in this society is pretty fucked up because you have the, the Asteri who runs the whole joint and then you get the Ark, the Archangels in which the Asteri creates. And then below that you got angels. Or is it angels and archangels? I don't, no, yeah, archangels. Archangels first. Archangels, angels, and then all the veneer and then pretty much humans. And veneer is just another term for the supernatural folk. And the Archangels are pretty much the governors of Crescent City. So yeah, they have to wrangle Bryce in because she's number suspect number one and putting all this uh, bullshit onto her to investigate. But of course, because it's a similar death to like Danica, she feels probably entitled to try and solve it anyway. But also again, she is young, under 25, and she's trying to live her life and they're like, no, actually you're, it's your job to investigate this. Yeah, this, this random 23-year-old <laughs> fake who has no qualifications at all to lead an investigation. So this is where she's paired up with an angel called Hunt Athelar or Alathar. Is it Ath or I say, say Athala. And he obviously doesn't want to work <laughs> with her because he feels that she doesn't, yeah, she's not qualified. So he is set to become her also crime partner, but also bodyguard in order to make sure nothing happens to her or make sure she is actually not the perp. And so... And thus begins the somewhat enemies to lovers. <laughs> yes, for sure, for sure. I know I forgot to mention in there, like, getting to know us thing, but I don't mind, like, the bodyguard lovers to lovers trope, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, security to lovers. I don't know how to else describe it, but yeah. Although I loved their interactions early on because... Hunt just wants to do his job <laughs> and Bryce is just like no I don't want to be involved but at the same time pulling a Sarah J Mass classic she is thinking of a plan she is thinking of plans trying to organize things and it's great also in the meantime while all this is happening there is a very important summit for all the um all the rulers around Crescent City they all congregate and discuss issues and politics and blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. So, so that's happening in a few, in a couple of weeks or something. Yeah, or even a month or something. Like, yeah, the time the time period isn't that great. But um, so yeah, and then um, so essentially, uh, Bryce was semi threatened by Rune, but also it was passed on by the Autumn King for her to lie low because she is the Autumn King's daughter. But her and Rune go pass off as cousins cousins yes we love a cousins trope in a sarah j mass book we love it like cousins is allowed <laughs> no <laughs> Faye, uh, if you're Faye, it's probably a different story yeah let's talk fucking rowan and aelin yeah or adian do you mean <laughs> also no yeah but also rowan and aelin are related distantly yeah yeah and Hunt himself, he obviously has such a miserable backstory. He is a slave to Micah, so he has like a slave tattoo on his wrist. Um, he was involved in an angel rebellion against the Asteri and they lost. And so as punishment, he is to serve under Micah. No, until he kills the same... Sorry. I know, I was kind of leaving <laughs> You know no, Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. You explain it. And, um, and of course, with the summit approaching, Sandriel, who is pretty much Hunt's 
ex or dead lover's sister, identical sister, is arriving into town and he is shitting himself. So that's not cool. But yep, so here comes the entire like murder mystery aspect. Like I love that they just bounce around the place finding clues and they try and solve this mystery. I will say, yeah, the plot twists kept on coming. Yeah, for sure. And the plot twist kept on hurting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is very fair. So we should mention as well that Bryce um, has a matching tattoo with Danica um, and it, it's written down her back and it is um, through love all is possible. Yep, that is a very much recurring theme throughout recurring the entire theme, book. Yes. And I feel like an idiot that I did figure one, it out earlier. Yes, one would call it, as you will, Chekhov's gun. Yeah, or even just foreshadowing. (laughs) (laughs) So during the book, we find out that Rune is in an arranged marriage. Well, we don't really get introduced to her. No. But we do get introduced to a medwitch. She's a recurring character throughout the book, and she's only ever referred to as the medwitch. Medwitch. I'm happy that I figured it out. (laughs) So spoiler spoiler alert, we learn it's Hypaxia, which is Rune's betrothed, because the recent witch, her mother uh, died, so she's becoming like the the sole leader of the witches, which is fun. And she also ends up helping Bryce as well. She ends up healing her leg, I believe. Yeah, after much pressure into having an appointment. So that's where we find out a lot of information as well about the demon. Yes. And Rune, what, is it not Rune? It's Hunt that basically forces her to go to the appointment, yeah? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah we love that. Because at that point, their relationship has developed so much that like he, he's starting to care about her, you know? Yeah. Is it in this book that it is the wound and the couch? Oh, wait. I don't know. I don't even remember anymore. I don't think so. I feel like it, it was in Sky and Breath. Because that rings a bell. No. Oh, think, no, he does. No, but it's in this one because then after this they decide, like, oh, let's not. Let's just take the spring. Oh, okay. Or whatever. And then in the next book it's been the spring. Okay. Or they're like, I can't wait, Jasmine. Oh yeah, I don't even, I don't remember. It's been a little while now. But anyway, we also learn that this whole demon. Are you doing a rapid test right in front of the? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. You're taking you're taking a rat right on the potty. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Just so the people are aware. Um. Luke's mum, uh, James is negative. I just see yeah. him again. Luke's mum just called and said she just tested positive. Oh no. I'm just being safe, so. <laughs> Alright. Sorry. It just, it just took me a minute to realise what you were doing. <laughs> I thought I was going to be real subtle about it. So, yeah, all good. So after some investigation, Hunt and Bryce figure out that it's a Crystalos demon. And the only way that it could be summoned is through, like, obsidian and black salts. And of course, they're quite illegal. And so they go and suss out the Viper Queen because she is pretty much like the the drug cartel of of Crescent City. Yeah, she's like, ah, Jesus Christ. She's like the mafia. Ah, mum. Like, oh. <laughs> Again, is taking a rat test, so. Yeah, she's like the mafia mummy. <laughs> mafia mummy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Loki. But it's it's funny, like, the Viper Queen doesn't really have a proper name. Like, No, she's just saying with the River Queen. Yeah, and the River Queen's daughter, and it annoys me so much. And obviously Hunt is very like, oh, I don't this is too dangerous and all that type of stuff. He doesn't want to fuck around with the Viper Queen, but obviously mm. Bryce pulls him along and they do that and they learn a lot. And then they summon Prince of Hell. A Prince, Prince of Hell. A Prince of Hell. Prince Adus. Adius. Mm-hmm. 
and we learn a little backstory that ADS has been a part of Bryce's life for a while. He takes mm-hmm. the form of a cat when he seeps into this world through the gates and the portals and all that type of stuff. There was a huge theme as well throughout this book about Bryce and her like fey power because we learn because yes, we know she's half fey, half fey, yeah. And we know Rune, Crown Prince of Valbara, but he's also like described as the chosen one and he has like star he's starborn or whatever he's yeah he's a starborn chosen one thing and so prince uh Adius was like to bryce what blinds an oracle and giving us all these clues and it, again it's a recurring sentence and i wish yeah. i'd figured it out earlier but i and um little parts where bryce remembers an event with danica where they were in a fight and she used a power yeah, yeah, and she like told Danica like close her eyes, close her eyes. Yeah, she let it rip, let her star power rip into the enemies. Because yeah, we find out that Danica was like, oh, it was like an illegal animal thing. I forget now. Yeah, like, like Ill- that. illegal animal like export, and like it was part of an assignment because she's obviously in her pack of devils um, would patrol Crescent City and they're like the police or militia of the town. So, um, yeah, that was part of an assignment and they got into into some trouble and then, yeah, Bryce pretty much saves her life. So, yeah, it is a safe... So, yeah, I, I'm just annoyed that I didn't figure out that Bryce had starborn powers. I, yeah, look, neither did I. There's lots of this book that I was really surprised by, to be honest. Yeah. I also, like, I know we've spoken about this before, but I... I'll just sit and read and enjoy a book. I won't go through it and be mm. like, oh, this must be a hint to this. This must be a hint to that. Like, so Same. I kind of look at each book like in its own, as its own entity. Like yes. I don't... Because I also feel like, yeah, if I go out trying to look for connections between the books, then I'll just... I feel like I'll make connections that aren't really there. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Unless it's very obvious as well. Also, throughout this entire process, the Autumn King has set Rune with a task of trying to find Luna's horn because it's an ancient fae artifact and he needs it for his own ego. But it is also said that the that the horn can only be used by a starborn power. So, like, like cause the like type of thing. Only Rune or starborn should be able to find it. Also discovered that uh, Danica was guarding the temple where it's stored on the night that it was went yep. missing. See, see, I knew that was suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Danica, come on. And then the blackout happened and then she as we learn so yeah and um, back to ADS real, ADS real quick um gives us a bit of a lore drop on Bryce and I think that's the f- last time we see him from the book for this book very interesting fella prince of the pit prince of hell he he has several kind of owns rules several couple of layers of hell so yes. it was very Hunt was very taken aback with Bryce's connections at some point they have a meeting with Philip Briggs himself because they suspected it was his doing for killing Danica and the pack for putting him away in jail, but it turns out that didn't do it, or, or none of his cronies were able to do it as well. And then there was just like, sorry, back to like the, the Luna's Temple thing, like in the book, so pretty much like Hunt's Bryce and Rune, and then like Rune's friends, Tristan and Declan, they all kind of become the solid group in order to investigate everything. But yeah, almost everything, everywhere, like, they all went or they investigated, like, there was always, like, another murder at that location. Yes. yes. So they couldn't really catch a break trying to find connections everywhere, like, an acolyte was murdered. And just, like, Crystalos 
Crystal Lost Demons attacks and all that type of stuff. Um, the White Raven Club, which is where Bryce and all that would party, like that had a bit of like a, an attack or a terrorist yeah, attack. A terrorist got bombed. Yeah, and then that's what prompted the Philip Briggs meeting, I guess. They also met with the Oracle themselves, the illustrious Oracle that we hear so much about. And it's a sphinx, which is interesting. And that that whole spiel gave us a lot, a huge lore drop on the the horn itself. It's to open the doorway between worlds. It could reopen the northern rift, closes, opens doors, and that the horn can be repaired because there were two broken pieces at the temple. And well, at this point, Hunt went to the oracle himself because everyone else was too chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And we learned that his first name is Orion, which is so cool. And he is the Lord of Lightning. So a bit of extra fun lore drops on Hunt. And Rune's Oracle was all about how he was... He's, he interpreted it as he's going to be the last of his bloodline. So interesting to see what that means. Is he going to die? Is he just not going to have kids? What are the other yeah. options that could possibly yeah, be? what does this mean? And then there was a point where Bryce and Hunt had to sit down and had a chat because Bryce was, oh, I think this was even earlier on, so she could kind of go step by step, like Danica's last week. Yeah. Hunt is also the person who informs Bryce that um, Micah was the angel that she saved, and Micah's an archangel, so, and that was the angel she saved the night of Danica's murders. So that, like, freaks her out a little bit. Yeah, and I was also suspicious at that point, because why would he be there yes. so, so close to the site? Like Without like- having anyone guarding him yeah exactly so i was suspicious from the get-go i enjoyed that and then at some point bryce realizes yeah her oracle uh experience so yeah we have a and it turns out all the people that they that they meet danica knew or has had a conversation has happened to have intertwining with yeah so tertius maximus or maximus tertius whoever the whichever way it is i don't remember the vampire that pretty much triggered this entire series of events she knew him briefly and Philip Briggs, she had a conversation with him, knew him briefly. And this gives us the idea that Danica must have been like a human sympathizer because the humans are kind of like the low level of the hierarchy, as we established. Mm. Danica had encountered him a couple of times, giving him extra chances in order to like stop his bombings and all that type of stuff. Um, and obviously he didn't do that, so she had to bring him in. And then interesting, as Hunt you know, talks to him and everything. Briggs says to him, um, we'll bring the bastards down someday, brother, because of Hunt and his rebellious nature back in the day. Um, he feels like he could relate to Briggs and that he isn't a great person because to them... Because he's also, like, yeah, led a rebellion. Yeah, and it feels more like a terrorist-type vibe, like you're not doing anything yeah. for the greater good, and that really brings him down, which is so sad, because... Yeah. And then it leads on to Hunt Law that he was tortured for, like, seven years, which is really fucking shit. Like, the way he was tortured, like, he didn't see sunlight for so long and just, like, brutalised. Move on a little bit, sorry, because there's so much plot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Important things. It's like they find out all that information about synth and how like it makes people go a little bit crazy and like they were doing tests on it and stuff. Um, but then, uh, Bryce is informed that there is a deal going down and she goes to spy on said deal and lo and behold, it is Hunt and his friends. Thirty third Legion truly rocked my world. <laughs> yeah, I was like, and that the horn that? had nothing to do with that, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was quite the betrayal, wasn't it? So Hunt is essentially tortured a bit. One of his his friend is killed. Another one is ripped from her body and dropped in the bottom of an ocean. Um, and Hunt is sold back to Sandriel. 
mm-hmm. who's the biggest asshole that he never wants to be a part of but also as much of a betrayal because he wanted to be out of it he wanted to back out but he was too far gone this was all just to prove if the viper queen uh it was also because yeah the synth enhances veneer abilities so they would have liked to have reignited said rebellion of course fell flat um so sandril is escorting uh hunt out of wherever they're keeping him or whatever and bryce offers to buy him Mm-hmm. Um, with an amulet that's worth three million gold marks, Sandriel refuses and melts the amulet. Which I forget the significance of this. It stops the demon from seeing her, from scenting her. Oh, this was at the at the summit, ne- 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 nearly the summit. And then um, Sandriel refuses, melts the amulet. Bryce offers herself in his place. Sandriel announces that as she's the Autumn King's daughter, the offer isn't as bad as onlookers might assume. And R- Rune steps in and claims her as his oh yeah, yeah uh, sorry kin yeah as his kin. And it's like I'm no. getting I'm getting so confused now between Sky and Red. The books, yes. yeah. Oh my god, I'm like yeah. I don't remember any of this, but yeah. I thought it was um. Anyway, so now like everyone knows that she's Autumn King's daughter. She's like princess of Autumn. Blah 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 blah. And then the summit starts. Yep. The punishment for Hunt was to cut, have his wings cut off, which was excruciating, but they grow back, so that's fine. Did you ever get suspicious of like Micah or anything? I wasn't suspicious of him, but I was just like, for an angel, you're a shit guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. For so a governor, for a governor, yeah. you're a shit guy. Yeah, which leads us into the big reveal that Micah is essentially a big bad. So the summer has arrived. Uh, Bryce is at her work. That we haven't really mentioned that much, but it's yeah, yeah. The summit is the summit is a few days, and like the first day, like everyone congregates, like yeah, Sandriel and her posse. Her posse includes Pollux, the Hind, and somebody else. I forget the Harpy. I guess maybe, but that basically talks politics throughout. Sandriel's trying to be all high and mighty about the war that's happening overseas. There's still very much human rebellion against the Asteri. Also, just quickly, uh, Hunt also recruits the help of his mer friend uh, Tharion, who lives in the Blue Court in the river. So, like, he pretty much helped figure out the whole synth situation. But yeah, so he's also at the summit. I love Tharion. In this book, I love Tharion. Yeah. <laughs> the next book, not so much. Not so much. Um, but of course, we'll get into that in the next book. I love his flirty, charming nature. Like, it's just a bit of fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because it's such dark times for these characters and it's such a sensitive investigation. Like, he brings a bit of humour and a bit of charm and a bit of flair. Yeah. While we're just talking about the group real quickly, there always has to be one tech whiz and it has to be Declan. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The nerd tech who's able to hack into everything. You love it. Yeah. All right. It's the summit. So at the summit, things are doing the summit things. I was like, this is boring. Um, <laughs> Bryce is at her work when Micah arrives. Um, having made his excuses at the summit and bypassed the shop security system, Bryce covertly texts her boss, who immediately uploads a live camera feed to the conference screen. So everyone is watching the interaction between Micah and Bryce too far away to do anything but send an auxiliary unit that will take i think they said like 35 minutes to get there yeah. or something i just want to say i'm glad this wasn't like a surprise camera thing because yeah Jez- Jez- they'd Jez- already uh, mentioned yeah that there was cameras yeah jezeba has this uh place down pat also and leah is there and she's a 
Feist, right? And she's also yeah. fantastic in this book. She brings such yes. good relief and comedy and like yeah. just sincerity and oh, I love her so much. Rip. Yeah. Rip, rip in pieces. <laughs> Micah reveals he's known about Jezebel's archives for a long time as, in fact, the mythical library of Pathos. The books date from the, before the arrival of the Veneer and the Asterion Midgard challenging their right to rule. Owning them is an executable offence. So it's a very legal library that Jezebel has. Yes. Um, Micah reveals to Bryce that she is the horn, that when Danica stole it, she ground it to dust, mixed it with winch witch ink and had it tattooed on Bryce's back. Its shape does not change its power. Did you figure out the horn was tattooed on her back? Yeah, I think at some point when she mentioned the tattoo or something and like Danica was with her, I was like, oh, that's sus, like something is going on. I didn't know it was a horn, but yeah. I was like, Danica's done something to her. Or, or I thought it was like going to be in her jacket or something because Bryce wears Danica's jacket. Like, Yeah, or it could have been like grounded into the sword or something. Or Danica's yeah, and then because it was saying that she left, yeah, the sword and the jacket um, at Bryce's work um, yeah. for those two years. And then it, like when Bryce finally gets them or whatever, I was like, oh, mm. shit. Being that the horn was in two pieces, I thought like Danica had like, the other half tattooed to her mm, so i thought that yes. like, so i thought that the horn would like never work yeah so unless I, they were was, together. I was weirdly surprised that like yeah because that would have been much easier like if danica knew she was going to like die for all her sleuthing like i would have like yeah made it even more difficult for it to even be used yeah anyway so yeah pretty much this interaction this is the last good chunky bit of the book and like it's just the all the whole lore drop all yes the once again it is the last hundred pages of the book of course <laughs> thank you sarah um so yeah micah hopes that by injecting bryce with the synth he will heal the horn and alongside a blast of his own magic give it the power it requires to activate at the time when he blasted her uh seemingly did nothing yeah. so but of course later on we reveal that he opened up all the fucking gates. All the in gates. The in yes. the present city. And hell breaks loose. Yeah, Micah plans to use the horn to summon an army from another world to decimate the rebel human army before war can spread to Valbara's shores. And um, so there's a bit of a tu- uh, a bit of a scuffle in the library. Jezebel has like a knock creature in a tank and that becomes important. Oh yes, Srinx, the cat thing. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't even thing. I don't even know what species it is anymore. Yeah. But yeah, there's a tussle. Leaba is in there as well. And so Micah and Bryce are fighting. And this is all, again, being live streamed to the summit. So everyone's just like in shock what to do, which I know the closest auxiliary would take 30 minutes, but like no one really made a move to like get a wriggle on. And so Micah, they're fighting. Micah throws Srinx into the knock tank and Bryce decides to save her pet because it is important to her and then this becomes like bryce's ordeal which is a weird term like i never really yeah. understood it because like there's the drop and there's the ordeal yeah so the uh, i think the ordeal is just like you've got to like hit your bottom to like activate your power and then the okay. drop is like coming into your power if that makes okay. sense yeah fair yeah. enough so, so yeah. yeah um bryce locks micah in the bathroom <laughs> Um, yeah, Bryce, while he's locked away, Bryce enters the knock tank and despite being attacked by the beast managers to escape with an unconscious syrinx, she resuscitates him and tries to carry him to safety, but struggles to walk with the new damage to her leg. And then Leaba, the MVP yeah. of the Mike is almost book. free and knowing they'll never get out, Leaba stays behind, smashing the knock tank and sacrificing herself so Bryce and Syrinx can escape. 
I am not afraid. My friends are behind me. I will protect them. Leava, fucking hell, that was so sad. I was tearing up because like, yeah. she is such a cool thing. And like, I didn't expect her to die, but mm-hmm. but yeah, it's also like I am not afraid is a very common Sarah J. Mass piece of dialogue yes. as well. It's very recurring in all her book series, so it's nice. It's a little ode to everyone that's ever sacrificed themselves ever. My friends are with me, and I'm not afraid. Yeah. <laughs> Bryce is hobbling away because she's She still... shoots Micah. She kills Micah. Let's get that out of the way. Yeah, she kills him with the Godslayer's rifle, which she kills is like an archangel. Yeah. At this point, conversely, well, she she also has Danica's sword as well, but conversely yeah. in this moment, back at the summit, earlier in the book, Hunt and Hypaxia would have a sneaky convo being like, are you able to free me from my slavery? I need to correct myself. I said tattoo on his wrist, although he does have one. He does have a tattoo, it, but he has a halo tattoo on his forehead. So while this is all happening, Hypaxia is yes. doing a... Because the tattoo, sorry, the halo tattoo um, kind of puts a damper on his power. So Hypaxia's like, I'm going to free you. And so she frees Hunt and he goes straight for Sandriel and he kills her. Mm-hmm. He just beats the living shit out of her or kills her with his lightning. I forget how he does it. But yeah, and all hell is breaking loose at the summit. Because keep in mind as well, everyone has just watched Bryce kill Micah. And, uh, yeah. And again, the Archangels, they are the second to the Asteri. So, like, they're very high-powered big boys. And so um, it is very much a threat to the Asteri's rule when that happens. Um, and then, of course, Fury ends up being there. And she has, a, of course, she has a fucking helicopter to send them to wherever she is. The Yes, because the Bryce goes outside expecting to be arrested, but the, realizes that the Horn has opened a portal in all seven of the city gates. Yes. And, and demons are pouring through and laying waste to everyone. Yeah. This is very interesting as well because, like, you learn a bit of the politics of each of the species of veneer. Like, the wolves would do fuck all. They only cared about themselves. The fae only cared about themselves. I also, sorry, I don't think Bryce kills Sandriel. No, no, no Bryce doesn't. Not Hunt Bryce, does. Hunt. No, but because Hunt and the others try to leave for the city, but Mike has disabled or destroyed all means of transport. Sandriel then tells him the Asteria have ordered them all to stay. No, but he does kill her. Yeah, he does. <laughs> okay, well, not right then. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, but he does kill her. Um, And yeah, back to the politics real quick. Like, yeah, the Fae are every man for themselves. The wolves are for themselves, essentially. And it's just very interesting that no one gives a shit about the humans except for, like, human sympathizers and Bryce. So I understand you're trying to get a wriggle on, Kinsey. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, no, it's fine. <laughs> so everyone at the summit is like, someone fucking help her. We need our yeah. arsenal. We need to help everybody. But of course, they're yeah. holding back. Although as Bryce is killing demons and trying to uh, make sure the humans get to like their bunkers and safety, Ethan mm-hmm. and his pack of wolves, which is pretty much Sabine's wolves, they end up helping the Viper Queen. The unsung hero we didn't know we need. Her, her, she sent some folks, some of her people to help defend the humans and everything, which is great. And then at this point, Hunt and all that are on the on the way, and Bryce decides she's going to try and close the gates. But first, the Asterian guard arrives, drops a brimstone missile on the city. Yeah, brimstone missiles are just like big fuck off weapons mm-hmm. of artillery. Hunt swoops in at the last moment and protects her body with his own, but Bryce wakes from unconsciousness to find that Hunt is near death. Yep, Hunt is dying, and we love, Sarah J Mass loves having the lovers 
have a, a bout of dying. Bryce, yeah, she goes to the gate, uses its crystal to try to speak to other people, begging for anyone to come and act as her anchor for when she makes the drop. So the drop is, yeah, just like tunneling, like in Throne of Glass, you're tunneling into your power, but you need an anchor because your body essentially dies and is reborn during the drop. So you need an anchor to bring you back. And she's always wanted to do it with Danica, but of course Danica is dead, but like she's trying, because like it turns out that like the gate holds like lost souls and all that type Mm -hmm, of stuff as well. So she's trying to call upon Danica's soul. Yeah. See, this part, it was kind of hard to visualize because I don't know if it's just me, but when I read a very tense part or tent, very action, I read really fast, trying to match the tension of what's going on. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. that yeah. leads that leads me to like skim and perhaps skip a few details. Yeah. But yeah, and also in general, it was just very hard to visualize this as well, but that could have just been me. She also, yeah, no one comes to her aid except she hears Danica's voice coming from the bone quarter saying she'll anchor her makes her drop and everyone back at the conference center of the summit is watching knowing a dead person can't act as an anchor um but Bryce's power doesn't stop where they expect it to continuing on until she's past even the autumn king's level yeah because they with their technology they're able to keep track of like the levels and how far and how powerful they are Mm. so they've Bryce is breaking records. Yeah. And, e- and even throughout the whole book, there's this common theme of Bryce make the drop. you got to make the drop, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so, yeah. And of course she has to do it in the last moment. Recognising that she's giving her life for the city, the gate is giving her all the power it's collected in tiny donations from millions over the millennia. And also this is the part where it's like, light it up, Danica. Yeah, light it, light up. it up. Yeah. Because then, yeah, she only has, what, once you, like, hit the bottom... You only have, what, six minutes to get back up to the top or something? Yeah, something like that. And she did it with, like, one second to spare or, like, five seconds to spare because, of course. And so she pretty much closes the gate, but she emits a very bright light, her starborn power as well, because obviously just coming out of the drop kills a shit ton of demons. Um, Does she go gate to gate or is it just, like, this one gate and then boom? I think it's one gate and then the power goes through the ley lines. Bryce saves the day, but all that power is taken out of her. She's, um, oh no, that was as when she was trying to get back to the drop, uh, out of the drop, like Hunter's giving her chest compressions and he's trying to keep her alive as well because he has managed to regain some sense of consciousness, which also, friendly reminder, do your first aid courses and CPR courses. So yeah, I guess, and then yeah, she just pretty much saves the day. Easy peasy, all in a day's work. Towards the end, they get a visit from one of the Asteri, Reg- Regulus. Mm. Regulus, yes. And as a reward, Hunt is free-free. Like his, his, yeah, his slavery tattoo is removed. And although there is that light-hearted threat, like, don't use your powers against us. Or- yeah, they're forgiven for Micah and Sandriel's murders, but told to stay silent about what really happened and from now on to use their powers with discretion and never use the horn. It's essentially like... Thanks, but we're watching you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very Big Brother style. And then there's like the epilogue where it's about Jezebel and Adis. Adius. Mm. I always have to say Adis first to correct. It's Adis. It is Adis. Because oh, it's A I D A S. I wrote it right as A D I A S. Oh well. So yeah, the epilogue got me a little bit excited for the second book. But now that I've read the second book, I, I know. Like now that we've read not, it, we're like, what? <laughs> it's not as important. But yeah. Pretty much, uh, Adis explains to Jezebel that that everything is coming into play. I guess something big is coming. Yeah, and he knew about Bryce from the start. Also, I forgot to mention while we were talking about the Micah and Bryce about the illegal library, there were books 
that we are very mm-hmm. familiar with. Um, <laughs> the Book of Breathings. Breathings. And The Walking Dead! The Walking Dead, yep. And I wonder where we know them from. Multiverse confirmed, question mark? <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, very interesting how Jezebel acquired these books. I think Adis got them for her. If he's yeah. if he if it's alluded that he is playing a bigger part in this, he is definitely influencing. Because he oh, is it in? But yeah, so that was a fun little tidbit of information, which makes me wonder the timeline of these books. When is I, this happening? This is happening simultaneous to Silver Flames. Okay, cool, cool. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because then End of Throne of Glass is also simultaneous with Silver Flames. Uh, not, quite, not quite. No, Kingdom of Ash is just before Sil. No, it's yeah during Silver Flames. So they're happening simultaneously. I think they yeah they're all happening simultaneously. Yeah. Nope, I lied. So sorry, Kingdom of Ash, Silver Flames are happening simultaneously, and then this is happening after Silver Flames. I'm even more confused. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Where's the whiteboard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where's the whiteboard chick from TikTok? <laughs> the spatula girl. But yeah, so much. Yeah, I know we pretty much just like harbored on through them all, but like it's just so much and we just want to talk. Any particular points you want to talk about or? The second one really brings it more. This is just, again, like an introduction into the world, what's happening. Mm. And then the second one brings it into everything that's happening. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I was also going to say before that, like, this book also emits the themes of, like, the older generation of the veneer are, like, stuck in their ways. So, like, they mm-hmm. are just, like, bowing at the Asteri's feet. But then the younger generation, like, Bryce Hunt, like, everybody, like, have, like, the opposing views and the rebellion views. And it's just, um, and, like, humans, you know, are against the slavery and that the humans are beneath them. And, like, it's just the... Uh, the changing of the guard of old and new ideas so it's very mm-hmm. that's also very interesting perhaps we should talk a little bit more about hunt and bryce's relationship because i feel like we've skimmed a lot of that but oh, yes. uh ultimately they're cute as fuck <laughs> i i enjoyed the natural organic falling in oh love. yeah i have written down as well because we always talk about like the first love interest curse in sarah j mass's book <laughs> but technically this is what i feel like so connor even though he's dead rip because Bryce agreed to go on a date with him and she did like him. I think that he was technically the first love interest. So okay. seeing as Hunter is the second love interest, technically he's hopefully he's safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Hunt would be safe in that department. Yeah, they're very cute together. They fell in love quite organically, which is nice. But yeah. again, like that that bodyguard saviour to lovers thing is really good. Yeah. Um and I just like they had really good banter. It just felt really um, natural and organic the way. Yeah. Like they weren't like, like it wasn't um, kind of like forced. I feel like it was he fell first, but she fell harder kind of vibes. Yeah. Because he is obviously still traumatized and ripped apart from like his past love mm-hmm. as well. So, And it's just they had cute domestic moments as well, like in the apartment, because it got to a point where he had to kind of live there for the benefit of of the investigation and everything so yeah like cooking breakfast for each other dinner takeout you know watching sunball yeah. and all that type of stuff and bryce you know just like i'm checking him out and all that type of stuff as well yeah just like the sexual tension and to her cleaning him in the shower was it this one or the last one but yeah because he's he had to do a kill for micah he wouldn't have had to do a kill for micah in the second one Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cleaning in the shower. 
I think that's yeah. where we also learn about Hunt's um, like past a bit more as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. And, like, because he's working for Bryce, he's f- working with Bryce, <laughs> he feels like he's doing some good. And then Mike is there to reel him back in and be like, no, you are the, mm-hmm. the assassin. You are the ombre mortis yeah. under my control. And, like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That Yeah, that was so good, though. She was so gentle and patient with him. Mm-hmm. And, like, he was just so... T- See, Sarah's really good at making... I love t- that t- shit. <laughs> Tragic backstories, fucking hell. Yeah. I love it. And just so much sexual tension too. <laughs> yeah, I love they, it. So they, really, they really wanted a bone. I love a good slow burn. Mm. Yeah, oh, yeah. this is the definition of slow burn. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Even, yeah. Gets me going. Also, quick question. What do you think Sunball is? I imagined it as like a lacrosse sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, lacrosse or even soccer because being, yeah. although, although not... Maybe not quite soccer, but like they're supernatural beings. They all have fucking super speed. So like they I reckon for soccer they'd have a lot more shots on goal. But yeah. same with lacrosse in a way. Yeah, I think it's yeah, like I imagined it as a lacrosse sort of thing. Yeah, I never realized yeah. that lacrosse was actually such a physical sport either. Like I, I, know, I looked right? I looked it up once. I remember in PE in primary yeah, school and like high school. In like not properly, but it was just like th- you know, throwing the ball to a partner. Mm. Yeah, I wonder if Australia has, like, a competitive lacrosse. I want to talk about Leobar real quick. And also Leobar's interaction with Hunt is, like, flirty and cute and charming. The way she just talks is just... I love it. She's so cute. Rest in peace, though. Yeah, I'm usually not, like, a huge fan of, like, characters being introduced just to be killed off. Right. Sort of thing. But I think it is is a noble sacrifice. It really is. Yeah, I'll, I'll... Be, I'll allow it. You'll allow it. <laughs> yes. Because Sarah has to have your permission exclusively. She does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Juniper, we forgot. <laughs> Haven't mentioned her at all, but like, yeah. Best, oh, yeah. <laughs> best friend and ballet dancer I, yeah, and, and all that. Again, like, I really like the book. It is a fantastic book, but I think sometimes you can have too many characters. And I felt like sometimes I was getting lost in the, oh, but wait, how is this person connected and who's this again and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Like, I think I'm a huge fan of Keep It Simple Stupid. (laughs) Yeah, and then especially because it is probably going to be one of those five book series again, like she loves to do, five, six, seven, eight, whatever. Um, So it's like, you have time, Sarah. You have time to give us these characters. Like, (laughs) you have time to flesh them out. So, yeah, we have House of Earth and Blood, which is this one. Um, then we have House of Sky and Breath, and then House of Many Waters, and then House of Flame and Shadow. Mm. Is she going to be doing them simultaneously? Like, mm. will, will House of Many Waters be the next book? But, like, House and of Many... And then also, yeah, because Crescent City 3 is coming before Akatar. Yeah. 6. I, I don't know. I'm just having mental gymnastics here. But then again, <laughs> House of Many Waters doesn't sound as cool as House of blah, 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 and blah. Yeah. And then yeah. it's just House of Many Waters. Maybe it's going to be a filler book. It'll be the it'll, it'll, novella. It'll, it'll be a Tharion novella. Yes. I'm not reading it. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately, no. <laughs> Bad idea. That'd be cool, though. It'll be again. the Tower of Dawn for the Crescent City series. No. <laughs> I actually like Therion though, or in this book, but we'll yeah. find out what he does in the second book. Yeah. Um, I also love how Rune ha- uh, isn't like jealous of like Bryce and her power because now they kind of share the. Well, I think it's what like he didn't want to be burdened with it. Like he didn't want that. He just wants mm. to be an 
young adult and have fun. So now yeah. he's kind of like, oh shit, like now, now she's she's my kin, like yeah. And she has share the responsibility. He has full control over what she does and all that type of stuff because the Fey hierarchy, in that sense, is bullshit. Yeah. Also, how cute, real quick, are the otters, the otter messengers? Oh yes, (laughs) they're (laughs) They're so cute. Cutest fucking things ever. Oh yeah, and of course there were interactions with like Danica's mum Sabine. She's pretty much just a little antagonist of the series. She's just a, a bitch. I feel like, again, like, it's an 800-page book. There is a lot going on. There's a lot. Like, I think you could have cut out several B-plots and still had a really good yep. book. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Quickly looking through my notes, I just realised that um, the reason why Hunt got his wings cut was because Amelia, or the, the Ravenscroft wolf. Emily. Yeah, because uh, she was bullying Bryce. Yes. And Hunt, like, did something. Threatened them. Th- threatened them. And so he got his wings cut off as punishment. I think this is when, yeah, I think they do have a bit of a make-out on the couch because his wings are hurt. Yeah. Told you. You're right. Sorry. And, yeah, Sabine's after Danica's sword. And also it ended up being, like, Danica worked for this company that was ended up distributing synth. And then it all came about that Micah knew of Danica and, like, kind of led her to all these things. And he ended up killing her anyway because she knew too much information. Yes. Oh, yeah, and there was an instance where the Autumn King goes to the gallery for something in regards to Bryce. So that was a fun father-daughter fuck you moment. Yeah. Um, Bryce and Fury talk, because Fury doesn't play much of a role in this book until the end where they kind of need her because she's just mm. disappeared. And I don't really understand Fury. Like, everyone's afraid of her. She's, like, an assassin. But, like, people, I think, are more scared of her than Hunt, who is the Umbra Mortis himself. Yeah. So, like, I don't even know what's going on in that department. And, yeah, Hypaxia... I I'm just happy that I figured out that she was the Medwitch with no name because that's suspicious. Any character, yeah, with no name is either going to be very important or very relevant. Yeah. I think we've gone through a lot. We've talked about a lot. I'm proud of it. For a second recording, I think we've done quite well. I do miss our first quarter recording, though, because I thought we were so on fucking point and I was oh, no. so happy. Although it took an hour and a half and this one's a little oh. less. This one's a little less than that, so oh. which, is good, which is good. But um, but yeah, I swear, final thoughts, feelings? Again, good introduction, introductory book. Well, it, the world building is good, but the first few chapters are horrendous. Um, That's fine. And then, yeah, I just think like you could have gotten rid of a couple of B-plots. But apart from that, I really enjoyed it. It got me in the feels, as it always does, and I'm excited to see where the series goes. Do you hope Danica's involvement stays dead? Yes. <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> yeah, I, I pretty much agree. Yeah, big book. Big book. Last hundred pages are just insane. And yes. I think it sets up well for the second book, although I feel like there's not much that could be done. So it's like a starting fresh for the second book as well. Yeah, but I like books like that where you get like a restart on plot. Like you can take it wherever you want to go. Like it's not like a drag on from the second one. Yeah. Alrighty, that's it from us, I think. Yeah, thanks for listening as always. Yep, check us out on the socials. We've got yeah, Insta, Letterbox Book Club, TikTok, Letterbox Book Club, uh, YouTube, Letterbox Book Club, Spotify, Letterbox Book Club. Yeah, find us somewhere. I'm sure you'll be able to find us anywhere. We are everywhere. <laughs> we try our best out here. Yes. <laughs> Catch us next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye.